This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and over this past week, Bates students returned to campus. We'll talk with senior women's cross-country captain Vanessa Paolella about her experience returning for what promises to be a year like none other. Plus, assistant AD for athletic performance Nick Cook has an additional title now. He's also the director of the Bates Testing Center. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. When we last talked with senior women's cross-country captain and Bates student editor-in-chief Vanessa Paolella, it was early March and she had just run a personal best mile of 5 minutes, 2.66 seconds at the Tufts last chance meet to qualify for the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships. Since then, the world has changed. And along with many of her peers, she returns to campus amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Paolella reflects on moving back into Bates, her summer writing for the Lewis and Sun Journal, and what may lie ahead this fall. Take us through your return to campus, uh, how you experienced it this past week. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's honestly been pretty smooth from my experience. I was very impressed with um, the moving in process with the testing center and just I had movers help me move all my stuff in in like only a few minutes, which was really exciting. Um, since then, it's it's been really weird being back on campus. I've only seen the people I live with for any length of time and that just seems really odd in comparison to previous years when I would usually be running around campus to go visit and talk with people that I hadn't for months. But um, overall, I'd say it's been better than I felt like it could have been, which is good. You're a captain for the team this year, even though unfortunately, obviously the fall season has been canceled. So how are you planning on kind of approaching this fall, you know, with the team, even when there's no events necessarily? Yeah, it's a big bummer. But um, I think to me, the people are always the most important rather than competition. Even practice will be less. But um, we've just been trying to do things over Zoom right now. Uh, We've been having team meetings every week. And uh, me and the other captain, Mary Corcoran, have been trying to do some small events to get people together. We're encouraging upperclassmen to reach out to their freshman buddy uh, and just make contact, introduce themselves, and um, maybe go out on a one-on-one run wearing masks if uh, they're able and comfortable with doing so. Um, so a lot of like more individual attention right now, rather than like the whole like big team bonding we would normally have. But um, again, it feels weird, but I'm really hopeful that in a week or two when hopefully campus is maybe coronavirus free, which would be really great, uh, we might be able to get together for some smaller group outdoor activities like um, maybe doing some small groups to Dairy Joy, just the classic uh, team bonding activity in the fall or something else on the quad. Well, you mentioned running with a mask on. Have you, have you done that yet in terms of uh, what is that like, I guess, compared to normal times? Yeah, so having a mask on for the full run is something I haven't done before coming to Bates, but of course we wanna be really careful right now. And it's not too bad. How you wear your mask kind of, depends on how it feels a little bit it can get a little sweaty and start like kind of coming in your mouth when you're breathing Um, but overall I would say it's a really small sacrifice to make for 
trying to uphold public health in the community right now. So certainly not comfortable, but not nearly as bad as I thought it would be and definitely worth it if I can run with somebody I might I don't live with. Right. And then um, Coach Jay, how much communication have you been able to have with her since coming back? She's been really great about trying to keep us in the loop with the rules and what we can expect moving forward. Um, of course, like right now, again, we're all over Zoom. Like we can't, we can't meet. We can't have practice until I think September 14th, is it? Um, but she's been wonderful with just helping keep us guided and keeping, maintaining like a team atmosphere and a team structure despite these weird times. And so I know that I and I think the other athletes on my team have been really thankful for that communication. You had an interesting summer, right? You uh, after the season ended, you um, you ended up uh, being an intern with the Sun Journal. So take us through that process, how that came about for you. Yeah. So back in February, I had emailed the city editor of the Sun Journal, um, Mark Morganson, and said, "Hey, I'm going to be on campus this summer for research. Like, can I write for the Sun Journal at all?" And I was still trying to work out the details of how to make research and the Sun Journal fit together. Uh, when coronavirus hit and then summer research updates got canceled. And so I really like being in Maine. This was my third summer in Maine and I was really pushing for trying to come back. And I actually was able to do both. I had to change my research project. And so I was doing summer research uh, for Bates for my thesis, but I also came back up to Maine to intern for the local newspaper, the Sun Journal. And that was just a really really great experience especially like with all that was happening this summer it was so nice to have one of my passions as like a constant in my life to be able to continue like communicating through newspapers even as like everything else is kind of going haywire um and so I really got to know the Lewiston community so much so much more than I had before and I don't consider myself somebody who is really in the Bates bubble all the time I mean I've lived in Lewiston after my freshman year, I lived in Augusta last year. I mean, I'm always out running in the community, but I got to talk to teachers about like their concerns for the fall and how they were planning their curriculum and like leaders in the refugee community about how hard their community has been hit by this. And so like the journalism was fun, but I think it was even better to just learn so much more intimately about Lewiston for me at least. Did you work in the newsroom at all or because of the virus were you at home? It took a little finagling because campus wasn't open, but I actually made arrangements um, to rent a room up in Lewiston this summer. I was here for 10 weeks. I did the two-week quarantine, and then I did eight weeks in the office at the Sun Journal um, with public health precautions, but I was able to have that in-person mentorship, which is so critical for journalism. And... It was quiet and newsrooms are not usually quiet places, but when you only have four people in it, it was. Um, But I just know that I was really, I was really thankful for being able to have that experience despite the pandemic and everything going on. What was your favorite story you got to cover for them? Oh gosh, that's a, that's a really good question. You know, I think it was, I think it was my first big one, uh, to be honest. I wrote about, um, uh, coronavirus task force within uh, that was made up of uh, nonprofit organizations connected to the refugee community and like learning about the specific concerns to that community um, and what like they were doing to kind of band together and try to support themselves um, 
I think honestly was the article I felt the most proud of because I felt like it was a really important story for people to read to know that like the coronavirus affects everybody but here's a community that is particularly affected um, due to their jobs and their living arrangements and so yeah it was it was in my first week and I covered some great articles after, but I think that one was still really, really special to me. What are the plans for the Bates Theory? I saw the first edition and I got the email today, but like, what's the plans for the upcoming year kind of? Yeah, so weirdly enough, I don't know if it's ever been done. We actually stayed relatively a little active in the summer. We didn't send out newsletters, but um, we were still publishing some articles and putting them on our social media now that school's back we're going to put forward our weekly uh, newsletter with articles since I don't know if we'll be able to print this year like we normally do. Um, our, our goal is just to try to provide quality information um, to the Bates community right now. It's a really challenging time. There's a lot of questions and people have concerns, but maybe just provide like, help provide some answers, but also help keep Bates connected together like whether you're remote learning you can learn a little bit about what's happening on campus or if you're on campus and i don't know maybe you have the chance to learn something new or you can read about the perspective or opinions of some of your other fellow students and forum um, on that i'm also just hoping to in like increase the student participation and the community participation in the paper um, with who writes and what topics we are writing about. And, you know, just get people to maybe understand and learn more about journalism that I really love and <laughs> just be able to share that with everybody. Is journalism something you're thinking about going into after you graduate? Or I, I know you have other, I mean, interests in terms of your degree and everything, but. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a geology major, right. which does not make journalism seem like the, uh, <laughs> the obvious career path. Um, I'm honestly not sure right now. Um, it it's a very challenging industry, yeah. and it's not. Sh I'm not entirely positive yet whether that is something that I am willing to take on more professionally. If I if I see myself either working in the environmental industry with like hydrology or like remediation of contaminated water, um, or and maybe and and would be great. Um, writing on the side, um, particularly science articles related to climate change and the environment that would, if I, if I did choose to pursue journalism, I think that would definitely be the area I would go towards to combine both of my passions and one would be um, truly, truly, really great, I think. Well, you touched on earlier about encouraging the upperclassmen to get in touch with like the first years coming in. So what's been your role with that in terms of, you know, introducing the first year to the program in a virtual setting kind of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had meetings, official meetings with our coach. We've also just had some like informal chats between the team. I would, I would say in, I see my role as just trying to encourage people to, um, to think about the others on the team and know that like we have, um, for cross country at least, that's not even track, we have nine new people um, new first years and three new to the team upperclassmen that we can get to know and build a community. And so it's more just like Ben B and Mary um, trying to make those connections. So everybody has an assigned like buddy 
um, <laughs> to reach out and get to know and just try to maybe imitate a little bit of what we would do in a normal year face-to-face -face in a team setting, but um, maybe virtually, maybe not, just a little more intimate. Any other thoughts kind of on the move-in process and, um, you know, what you're maybe nervous about going forward, excited about going forward, what you're hoping to get out of this uh, fall coming up here with the team or outside that mm -hmm. even? I'm, I'm just really looking forward to, I think, the small things. Um, I think with so much that's been going on, I feel like I've really taken some granted, like even being able to be around more than like one or two of my teammates to maybe be able to go on maybe a small group run and be able to have like practice a little bit of sense of normality and athletics, which dominates so much of my time here at Bates. Um, but I'm honestly just, Maybe it's a little bit of the journalist in me, but I'm also just excited to see how things go. A little nervous, but um, things seem to be going well so far. And I'm really hopeful that it continues along that same trend and that Bates can be a model for other colleges of this is what works and this is what you can do. And hopefully will put us in a good place to tackle the winter semester. So for me, I'm just happy to be on campus and be able to see my professors and other students and meet the first years. Um, and that's something that wouldn't have happened if Bates hadn't opened in the hybrid model. <laughs> right, right. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Bobcast. I really appreciate it. And welcome back to Bates here for your senior year. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Nick Cook might be the busiest person on the Bates campus. The assistant AD for athletic performance has been charged with running the Bates Testing Center in Underhill Arena this year, where students will get tested twice a week for the novel coronavirus. But as Cook tells us, his background prepares him for this challenge. Tell me a little bit about your background. You're from Portland, right? You went to South Portland High School, in fact, same graduation year as John Furbush, our men's basketball coach. But tell me how you ended up coming to Bates a few years back. I know you went to Vermont for college and Hobart after that to work, but how, how did you end up back in Maine? Went from South Portland, went off to uh, Vermont, uh, got my my undergraduate degree there, and then continued to work my way west, uh, went out to Purdue for graduate school. Um, so in working through sports medicine as a certified athletic trainer, uh, went out to Purdue for grad school, was able to get some great experience out there and work, um, work in a, you know, a Big Ten environment, and then uh, found myself starting to work my way back east again, uh, a little bit closer to home. Went to Hobart William Smith, where I started out as a uh, assistant athletic trainer there, and then later on was promoted to the coordinator of sports medicine there. And you know, and that opportunity came available back in my home state at Bates. It's something I looked into, and to be completely honest, I um, I fell in love with the opportunity here at Bates. I think everything from the administration to the infrastructure to just the environment on campus, uh, the small college. Um, feel is is something I fell in love with at uh, at Hobart William Smith, and I think that uh, that here at Bates that's continued through, and then um, even enhanced in areas. Um, I think being able to work in a highly competitive conference like the NESCAC and um, and the colleagues that we have uh, around campus and around the other institutions is uh, it's like no other. So. I've been, uh, I think I've been really fortunate through my career and the experiences I've had um, that have, you know, brought me here to Bates, um, 
to be able to head up the uh, the sports medicine department here as well. And um, and now it's kind of taken me in a little bit of a different transition. Yeah, and we'll get to that in a moment. But how did you first get interested in sports medicine kind of as a possible career? So I think uh, that's a – that's a fun question. I think every athletic trainer has, uh, has a story about that. And I think probably there's a lot of them that start with getting injured somewhere along the way. Um, and having some type of, I, uh, I was fortunate to have a fantastic athletic trainer at, at South Portland when I was there. Um, he's actually one of the, uh, program directors, uh, for the education program down at UNE now. And I got, had a, you know, relatively, low level, uh, you know, injury in, in high school. And that's when I first got exposed to athletic training. I was like, this seems like a really, I'm not the best athlete, but I love athletics. Um, I love being a part of it. And this seems like an opportunity to marry my, uh, my urge of, you know, helping and being a part of it and being a part of a team and, uh, doing something that I can do, um, to help further that athletic, experience and, and further other athletes goals and help them along the way to be able to achieve what they want to achieve. And I would count myself a very lucky person in my life because there's not many people come out of high school and think they have an idea of what they want to do. And then find four years later after college that that's exactly what they want to do. And, um, and really every step along my path has just reaffirmed that this is where I want to be and what I want to do. Um, working in sports medicine, working in athletics, um, being able to take this role on, um, you know, all of those pieces, I've been very lucky. And I tell people that all the time. I say, like, you know, I, most when I talk to, to students right now, you know, it's very rare if you find something that you're passionate about and that ends up being your career. People change ideas and change careers, uh, you know, multiple times throughout the course of their, uh, their life. And, um, my career's stayed pretty steady, and I, I love it just as much now as the first day I, uh, I stepped on campus at UVM and decided that athletic training is the direction I wanted to go in. So, um, again, I count myself pretty lucky there. So, obviously, you are the assistant AD for athletic performance. Mm-hmm. However, this fall, <laughs> you are now also the director of the COVID testing center here at Bates. First of all, how did this process happen? When did you learn this is going to be a possibility that you might be running this place? <laughs> and then how did that kind of develop over time? So um, I think, you know, as the planning unfolded on campus and, and early on, um, I was spending a lot of time trying to figure out how can we, um, you know, what does it look like to try to do athletics during a pandemic? What are we doing, you know, you know, early in the, or, really late in the spring, the NCAA started releasing some information. So we were hard at work over the summer trying to um, sort out some policies and procedures on how we were going to be able to manage that. In the midst of that process, um, and I, you would think I would remember the exact day when I got the phone call, but um, I think as we got closer and closer to coming back to campus and, and thinking that this was going to be a reality as through our planning process as a campus as a whole, the need for testing um, became crystal clear that this needed to be a part of what we were going to do on campus. It needed to be something that, um, that we could operationalize, something that we could make work and something that, um, that was going to be a part of campus life. 
and um and that was going to help us to be successful in having an on-campus experience this year as that became more clear i think it it started to uh you know, I think Josh McIntosh started looking around and saying, all right, well, how, how can we operationalize this? Who do we have that can help run these things? And, and somewhere along the lines, he got in his head that, that, that this might be something that I could take on. And, you know, as we had the conversation about it and started to talk about what it conceptually would look like, it, it appeared to me like some things that I had had some experience with in my past, you know, thinking about running large scale pre-participation exams in a little bit of an assembly line fashion, you know, in fact, when I, when I first took this position, we had to scramble pretty quickly and get one of those off the ground, um, you know, in just a few weeks. And we used Underhill Arena to, to get our first PPEs going. So that might be what Josh was thinking about when he said, all right, I think we need, uh, we need somebody who can pull this together, a large-scale operation to be able to uh, have some moving pieces and get some people in place to make it work. Uh, couple that with my experience in the past, um, both in grad school and uh, with the NCAA drug testing program, I've had experience with chain of custody, taking it, you know, with samples and moving that along. So something that has very similar, um, you know, some similar attributes when you put those two together, it looks very similar to what we're doing here on campus in a testing center. You know, we have a large scale process where we're, we're trying to generate a, a amount of efficiency and some throughput and um, get people in and out in a timely way. And, and we've been able to achieve that, but also be able to, um, to me manage the, you know, a sample process that's happening, uh, maintain chain of custody, make sure that couriers are done and get it to the lab and get results back and report from there. And all of those two, you know, from a drug testing policy um, and, you know, working with institutional and both NCAA drug testing policies in the past, marrying that with the operationalizing something that looks a little bit like a like a pre-participation clearance um, kind of led us to where we are now and having a process for our testing center that um, so far we're having we're having a fair amount of success with so we're uh, I think that that got us to the point of where we are now yeah and so it sounds like it may not be as radical of a change for you as it might appear from the outside is that fair I would say that's fair. I think, um, you know, from a, there's certainly a whole host of moving pieces and, you know, usually those two things by themselves, that pre-participation exam and that drug, those are, those are short moments in time. This right. is going to be, I'm going to be reliving those uh, like Groundhog Day, I think uh, over and over again, all the way throughout this semester. But, um, you know, the mechanics of making it work and doing it uh, aren't exactly foreign to me. Um, and it's something that I've been able to take those other experiences and apply them to this and help to continue to refine it as we go forward. So I think we're fortunate to be in a spot where we can, we can have the resources and be able to operate the way we are. And how about the bait staff? I mean, no matter what their role, it seems like people have been stepping up and helping out at the testing center. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a large scale operation, but it seems like it's been really smooth so far. What are your thoughts on, you know, people kind of stepping up and outside their comfort zone maybe? So I, uh, we talked a little bit about me trying to organize this thing, and, yeah. but when it comes down to it, it is a, this is a campus initiative. We've gotten help from every corner of campus. Um, 
you know, in, in getting something this large scale off the ground and something that's sustainable throughout the whole semester, it really takes, uh, takes a campus effort. So, you know, we've, uh, we have partners in, in facilities, we have volunteers from faculty and staff, um, we have volunteers from athletics. I know that my staff um, in, you know, my athletic training staff has been instrumental in, uh, in helping this thing all go and flow in these early weeks. And we continue to refine it down as people get more comfortable with the process and get comfortable with how things are going to go. I feel like it's just going to get smoother and smoother as we move forward. Um, just because it's a, it's a pretty simple process. It's just getting comfortable with what you're doing on a day in and day out basis. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's surprisingly simple. I mean, once, this, once the infrastructure is set up, it's, the, the person signs in, gets two items, goes take the tests, boom, boom, done, right? Yeah, and we, um, we actually, as we went through the process, uh, we had planned conservatively that, that the testing process might take upwards of 10 minutes. And we found very quickly once we started up we said, oh, we, we overestimated what we thought this was going to take in time and, as in, and quickly started to, you know, change a little bit of our scheduling and try to make some tweaks there because we were, uh, we were clocking people and trying to get an idea of flow. We were anywhere from three and a half minutes to, you know, six minutes. People walk from door to door. So it just showed how easy of a process it was, how user-friendly it is, um, and to have some, um, you know, the infrastructure in place to be able to move people through pretty quickly really has a, a minimal impact on, on students and, and employees, the faculty and staff, their day-to-day their -day life. It's just a matter of coming over to Underhill for a few minutes, walking through the system, um, you know, we've really found ourselves with lines and backups and, and it, the whole process has really been something that's worked pretty smoothly. Um, and again, it's a, it, it couldn't be simpler. It's a couple, couple of pieces. It's a self swab. Um, you know, it's not an invasive procedure. It's not the, you know, that deep nasal pharyngeal. It's something that, uh, that, the Broad, I got a very interesting stat from them the other day. The Broad this past week um, processed one in 20 of all uh, COVID tests in the country. Um, and, you know, they're, they're a very strong partner for us. They're somebody who they've, they've clearly gotten their, uh, their tests in order and, and their process in order, and they've been doing a great job in getting things processed for us. So taking what they have, and being able to implement it on campus, I think we, we're, we're fortunate on all ends. Certainly. What's it like having students back this week? What's it been like so far? Um, so I, I get to see them pretty much in one context, in one context only right now. Yeah. Um, I get to see them when they're coming through. And, but having, you know, it's uh, the life on campus, you know, the, everything just changes when students are around, even during a pandemic. Um, and the energy that they bring to Bates and that they bring to campus, um, I think has been great. And we've seen people, you know, I think in general, students are happy to be back. Um, they're happy to be going through some of these processes because it gives them a little bit of comfort and security that, um, that we're going to do all we can, uh, to support them and all we can to create a safe environment, um, for them to be able to, to continue an on-campus uh, in-person experience. And that's where 
um, that's where where our part in the testing center comes in to be able to help with um, you know trying to to identify if we have any uh, any virus on campus and quickly go through the process to to isolate quarantine and, and manage those so that um, we can really keep the health and safety of all the campus community, um, you know, in the highest priority. So we've, we've done a number of things and made a number of changes, but I think, uh, I think we're, we're, we've seen good success so far and some of that's luck and some of that's, uh, and some of that's process right now. I must say Underhill Arena looks like it's built for this. <laughs> like it just seems like the perfect place, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it certainly is. I think we've, uh, you know, when we walked around scouting some different areas, you know, when I, when I chose it as a, a pre-participation exam venue, it had the same similar qualities. If we can create one-way traffic in there and, and help to create an open space where there's good line of sight so that uh, people know where they're going, they know what to, what's next and can intuitively move through the process. Um, you know, that all of those things just help to, uh, keep a smooth, efficient process, and uh, and I would agree with you. I think our the way that that Underhill is laid out gives us a, a great environment to create a good flow, and um, and you know the building itself allows us to to you know they upgraded some ventilation and allows us an opportunity to be able to space out and spread out. So the format itself puts us in a good. Um, to mitigate the risk for both the people working in there and the people coming in. So, you know, our, the people who are working in the testing center right now are never spending more than, you know, more than a, a minute or two with, with anybody anywhere near them, let alone six feet away. Um, and, uh, and able to basically keep a, keep an environment that, that takes all the risk mitigation that we're doing, takes it into account and puts it into play. Awesome. Well, I'll let you go. But first, any other thoughts on your hopes kind of for this semester and this year, which promises to be like none other kind of in Bates history? Um, so I like to try to look at some silver lining opportunities. And, and I would say as we, we approach trying to function as a campus in a pandemic, there's lessons to be learned. I think, um, you know, there's learning new ways to share in community and be good teammates with each other. Um, I would say, you know, just thinking about going back to what we talked about earlier and getting this testing center off the ground, I go back to athletics and think about teammates, but the teammates on campus to get that going um, was instrumental. And I think as we start looking forward, you're seeing students and um, finding new and creative ways to, to, to be in community with each other, to have experiences. Um, on campus in general. And then, and, you know, as our, our athletes in general also are resilient, I know that they're, they're looking and being creative in other ways as well. So we've asked our, I know our coaches are working on being creative to how to create opportunities in a, in a safe and socially distant or physically distant way um, for their student athletes. I think it, it's forcing everybody to be a little bit creative on how they approach things and, and how they do their work. And that's always a good thing. You know, at the end of the day, somebody's going to, you know, you're going to learn some lessons from this and it's going to help you be a little bit better at what you do and maybe how you communicate or, or how you execute some things. And, um, and, you know, amidst all of the struggles that, that we may be having and, and 
adjusting to a new normal kind of situation and, and the challenges of not being able to do exactly what we'd like to do right now all the time. Um, I think we all feel that a little bit, being able to know that we're all in this together and, um, and we're able to share in at least that experience and many more in, uh, in slightly different ways that are a little, uh, that attend to some of those, you know, public health practices you know, those are, those are, they'll continue to, to give me a little bit of uh, hope and inspire me as I see students finding creative ways to do things. Um, and I see, you know, staff and faculty finding creative ways to teach again. And um, it's, it's an error, era that we will, I think we will look back in the future to say, um, you know, there was some innovation that happened there. And there was, uh, and, and, and people took the resiliency to take, uh, take an opportunity to be better um, and to find new ways and to, and to try to strive and, and thrive in those experiences. So uh, I think I've already started to see some of that and I'm excited to see more of that as we look forward. I'm encouraged to be here. I'm encouraged where we're at right now. I'm encouraged in the processes that we've been undertaking so far. Um, and I think there was a ton of unknown when we got started a few weeks ago. And, and I think a lot of that settled in because we're starting to see a little bit more about the things that we talked about and put on paper come into play. And we're, we're you know, able to, to, to carry on. And we weren't really sure if we were going to be able to do that before. And so far, um, so far, so good. We're making good progress. And uh, we don't know what's around the corner, but we know we're prepared for it. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll continue to check in with more folks helping Bates safely return to campus. There may be no sports this fall, but it's all a team effort. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast.